Welcome to the Go Home Show. This is the 12th episode. We are coming out of SummerSlam 2018. And I just got to say, I mean, others have said it, this isn't a unique thought or a, uh, a fresh opinion, I guess. But kudos to the WWE. Uh, we often say that TakeOver uh, overshadows SummerSlam, but this was just a, 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 a nice weekend that kind of showcases that what this company as a whole could do. Um, because you start with TakeOver. TakeOver was good as usual. Um, I didn't think it... It didn't blow me away top to bottom like it blew everybody else away. I wasn't a huge fan of the Gargano Ciampa finish. Um, but but overall, the show was great. And then uh, SummerSlam, of course, to me it exceeded expectations. I was already relatively excited about it. I thought it, was, it had the potential to be a pretty good show. And then, overall, I thought it was a really good show. And then Raw and SmackDown were both pretty good. Um, the one real downside that even, that even after seeing the thing is gone, uh, one of the real downsides I've seen that I, I haven't really talked about yet is uh, I'm not thrilled with, with Miz and Maurice versus Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella at Hell in a Cell. I think... Miz and Daniel Bryan are a perfect candidate to put inside a cell. The thing about it is, you've got this pay-per-view coming up that's Hell in a Cell. You've got all of these feuds that seem really good for a cell match. And and Miz and Daniel Bryan's one of them, and we get a mixed tag. That's kind of anticlimactic for me, given what they could have done. I I know that they obviously have other events down the road where those two can fight, but... um, I just, I felt like that's a missed opportunity to put those two in a cell and and really let them let them shine. But at the same time, I, I do wonder if Daniel Bryan was just a little bit petty about it. And and I say petty, not that I'm like criticizing for. It. I wonder if he said, "Hey, you let uh you let John and Nikki do a do a mixed tag. I want to have a match with my wife. I'm actually married to her, and I want to do a mixed tag match with my wife." And they were just like, "All right, go ahead," you know. Um, so that's, that's one thing that, that I just wasn't real high on, but man, what a great weekend. Uh, the biggest, the biggest and best thing to me, and we've already seen it pay dividends, um, is Brock Lesnar dropping the Universal Championship, uh, at, at SummerSlam. They finally ripped that Band-Aid, and while I don't think Roman Reigns got at SummerSlam the huge face reaction that Vince has been dreaming about, I mean, it's obviously why they've, they've held off on this and held off on this is they were really trying to get Roman over as a mega face. But for whatever reason, the fans won't bite on that. And and you would think that they're just too smart for that, but they're not because they eat it up when they when they do the same stuff with Ronda. Uh, when they bring out Natty to, uh, for no reason, and I'm sure Natty wanted to be out there, wanted to honor her dad, and I'm not criticizing Natalia, but uh, the WWE let that happen so that, so that Ronda could be mega over as the face and get cheers. That, that, that's why WWE allowed that focus on Natalia to be a part of that match. Uh, for no other reason than to get Ronda more over than she already was. Fans eat that up. But then when they can tell that Rome, that they're doing some, some trickery to try to get Roman over, fans generally, uh, generally uh, don't, don't do so well with that. Um, but all in all, I thought it was a really good reaction Roman got. Um, Braun Strowman, 
I really want to focus for a lot of the show on on what they've done with that whole situation. It's not even really a feud uh, per se because it involves a lot of people. And some of this is stuff I pulled or I, I agreed with from a, a column that was on Cage Side Seats by Genome Roscoe that uh, my friend Jackson posted in our Facebook group, The Top Rope. And um, the column basically says that Braun deserved what he got at SummerSlam. Uh, to recap, uh, Braun came out, Braun Strowman came out with his briefcase at the beginning of the um, Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match for the Universal Championship. And he said, I'm going to do this face to face. I'm not a coward. So after this match is over, I'm going to cash in. And at the time, I was like, oh, what? That, that's not really face-to-face. And, and the guys that I watch uh, wrestling with, the guys that I watch a lot of the pay-per-views with, we were, they even said, well, that's not really face-to-face, right? That's, that's kind of heelish to stand there and wait on the match to be over, a match that's probably going to be brutal. The, the All three times prior... To this, when those two have gotten together, it's been a brutal, brutal match. Usually, somebody ends up bleeding or, or sent through a cage. So, um, I, I, that's that's not really face to face or brave. That's that's really somewhat cowardly, there, Braun. But all right, WWE's been known to, to book some things kind of dumb. So, all right, we'll go with that. And uh, then he, he, of course, Brock Lesnar attacks him in the middle of the match, gets distracted a little bit. Roman Reigns doesn't, which is an important note. Um, Roman Reigns did not get distracted by Braun Strowman. He hit Braun Strowman accidentally or, or got sent out of the ring, and he ran into Braun Strowman. Did not get distracted for one second by Braun Strowman's presence once the match began. Brock Lesnar did. Roman Reigns beat him fair and square in the middle of the ring, takes the belt. Um, then Braun Strowman doesn't cash in. Which, if I were writing that, um, I, I would have either A, had him, because Brock Lesnar, of course, threw the, the briefcase up to the top of the ramp as a part of his beatdown on Braun Strowman to try to prevent the cashing. He was more worried about the cashing than he was about the match. Um, and he threw the, the briefcase up the ramp. I would have had Braun Strowman get up, go to, you know, he's still a little woozy because he took, some, some, uh, took a beating from Brock, and have him move up the ramp to get his briefcase, and then he gets there, and he gets kind of stands up, and he looks back, and Roman Reigns is on his feet, celebrating. He's clearly caught his breath, and now it's just not the time, so Braun leaves. That's one way they could have done it. Another way they could have done it is just have the announcers just real quick say, and Braun Strowman still hasn't gotten up. His briefcase, I don't think he's going to be able to cash in and be that that be how they close. Um, just something, acknowledge the fact that Braun Strowman is there. He said he was going to cash in, and now he's not. But... That's, that's just a minor complaint. I thought overall the show was uh, beyond reproach, I'll say. Uh, there, there were some other some other little items that I wasn't crazy about. I didn't like the ending of the Samoa Joe-AJ Styles match, although you fast-forward to Tuesday and Samoa Joe is just owning this. Samoa Joe, point-blank period, the time is now to take the belt off of AJ Styles. Nothing against him. He's been a great champion, but you just get a feeling when you've been watching wrestling, when you've been paying attention to the WWE for at least the last several years, you just get this feeling that there's a time to end a, a run like AJ's had, and, and it feels right. It feels that Samoa Joe, and maybe AJ takes the belt back off of Samoa Joe a couple matches later, but right now it feels like the time is now for Samoa Joe to take that belt from AJ Styles. That's what I think. 
I'd be curious to think, see what other people think. But uh, I, I wasn't crazy about that ending, but SummerSlam was great. So to continue the the focus on this this situation with Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and others, um, we go to Monday night. Now, if you listened all the way to the end of the podcast last week, if you uh, were not scared of spoilers, uh, I told you that there was a rumor going around that Brock Lesnar or that um, the rest of the Shield was going to come out at SummerSlam. That Roman was going to beat Brock. Brock was going to, you know, get up and start to beat Roman down in the midst of the celebration. And then to make sure that Roman got a positive reaction going off the air, they were going to write Brock off of the, the storyline by having the Shield beat him down and put him through a table with a triple power bomb. Um, they didn't do that. But if you knew that rumor, whether it's from this podcast or just from reading it online, you know. You, you may have noticed that when Dean Ambrose came out for to support Seth in their match, Dean had on, I don't think it's the vest he wears for S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, because it was a little bit looser, but it looked like a S.H.I.E.L.D. vest. So, like, if you had that rumor in mind and you were watching, see, I didn't watch that match live. I had to come back and watch it actually after I had watched Raw. So I didn't pick that up live. Um, but if I would have, I think, if I had been watching it, and that might have made you think, oh, they, they're going to do it. They're going to have this shield thing at the end of the night. So I don't know if that was intentional, but if it was, that's brilliant. Um, of course, they didn't come out. Then the next night, uh, Dean had a match against Dolph Ziggler. Um, Roman comes out at the beginning of the night, and he talks about he's going to give Finn Balor the first shot at his belt. And the reason he's going to do that is that Finn Balor lost the, coughed up the belt and because of an injury and never got a rematch, and Roman's going to give him that rematch two years later that he's been waiting and working for. Now, that is brilliant. It didn't work to get him get Roman completely over with the fans, but it's the kind of thing that if you're going to keep him a face, he has to do that. He That is the only way he's going to get any kind of, I don't want to say cachet or, or any kind of, of uh, capital with the fan base is if that's the kind of face he is, is if he comes out and fights every week and he gives people like that a shot because they deserve it. And if he comes out and he helps, because one thing that's hurt Roman in the past is that he hasn't been the leader of team face. He's been a face that is the top guy, but he hasn't been the leader of team face. He doesn't come out when other faces are getting beat down unless they're the shield and the shield is currently working together. And even then he doesn't come out a lot. So that was a brilliant piece of writing they put in there. So, of course, Roman is defending against Braun Strowman, or, excuse me, against Finn Balor. And again, Braun has guaranteed, he told, I forget who he told, I think he told Finn, that he was going to come out and he was going to cash in. When does Braun do it? When Finn has Roman down. When Finn looks like he's about to win this match, that's when Braun comes down. Distracts Finn. Roman, of course, wins the match. Braun tries to cash in. This was all timed really well, all executed really well for for, for once uh, with everything, including the announcing, working together because Braun tries to cash in. Sierra, Hotel, India. Here comes the shield. Uh, They come down. They beat up on Braun. And immediately, Michael Cole, I believe it was, makes it clear that the bell had not rung. Braun Strowman's cash-in never started. So nobody has to think about the fact, oh, no, did they did they cost Braun his briefcase? Because it's made clear that this did not cost Braun his briefcase. We can just enjoy this moment. 
Um, and of course, the shield puts Braun Strowman through the table with the Cerberus Bomb. Now, the initial reaction from a lot of people, I call it the Cerberus Bomb. Some people have told me that's what it should be called. Uh, Corey Graves even alluded to uh, releasing Cerberus instead of calling it the Triple Power Bomb. Um, if you don't know, Cerberus is the three-headed dog of Greek mythology, and the shields are the, sh- the, ha- the shield are the hounds of justice. That just makes sense. That should probably be the name of the move, not the triple power bomb, because it's not really, I guess, a triple power... I don't know. I don't know. It's tricky. But anyway, so they put Braun Strowman through a table. Roman Reigns has already defeated Finn Balor. Uh, Braun Strowman is again thwarted in his efforts to cash in on Roman, and the crowd is happy. Now, the initial reaction was, whoa, whoa, whoa. Braun is the face in all this, Roman is the heel. You can't have the heel with his, or or vice versa. Braun's a face. So if Roman attacks him and he uses, you know, his cronies, his buddies, to to help fight off Braun, he's the heel. No, not necessarily. No, I'm not saying they can't go heel with the shield. The shield has been great as heels. There's certainly not a work for them to do as heels. But as this, this column pointed out, uh, the column was, again, by Gino Morosco of Cage Side Seats. Excellent column. Uh, it, it's rare that, that somebody writes something about a bit of booking that I'm like, wow, I didn't notice that. And they're right. It's usually either, yeah, I noticed that, or I, I don't know that you're right. I don't know that that's true. This was both of them. I, I had not noticed it, and I think he's right. They've been slowly kind of turning Braun into a heel for a few weeks now. Uh, even though Kevin Owens is a heel, Kevin Owens hasn't really done anything to incite Braun for several weeks. He's been trying to get away and just kind of live his life. And Kevin Owens has nothing that Braun wants. Now, they still used Kevin Owens as a heel in that he went behind Braun's back, went through Baron Corbin to get to Stephanie to get a match with Braun where he could take Braun's briefcase. So, uh, and and he he helped other heels beat Braun uh, sneakily. So, So Kevin Owens is still a heel, but in the end... All of that is because Braun wouldn't leave Kevin Owens alone. Um, and, and again, Kevin Owens has nothing that Braun wants. Uh, Braun benefits none from beating Kevin Owens. So, uh, and then, with the two cash-ins, Braun could have very easily... And this is what I would have done with Braun's cash-in, and it may be what he does eventually. Uh, because they haven't fully turned him. He may decide, look, this sneaky stuff isn't working. I'm going to cash in at the front of the match. If I were writing Braun, what I would have done... Now, this has turned out really good. So, you know, again, for once, I don't know that my idea was better than what the creative team did. And usually, I'm cocky enough to think my idea is better. Uh, But what I would have had Braun do is come out just like he did at SummerSlam, but instead say, I'm not going to do this like a coward. I'm cashing in now. I won't end this match. And make it a triple threat. And Braun wins. That's how I would have done it. Um, and then that also writes Brock Lesnar off. Which I I don't... Uh, I think that with the way things have gone, I think that means that Brock hasn't signed a new deal. But that uh, things are at least going well enough that they're leaving the door open to, for Brock to return. But they may also be saving this last date that's reportedly on his contract for one last write-off in case the, the, the contract doesn't get signed. So that's where I am on that. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, Braun has been the heel in all this. 
We just didn't realize it. And so that's why they can have the shield. And, and it's just logical, right? Too many times in WWE, the logical thing doesn't happen. There have been too many times in the Shields career where uh, Dean Ambrose is supposedly Roman Reigns' buddy. Dean Ambrose is getting his butt kicked. Where's Roman? Not there. Or uh, Dean, or one of the other faces is getting their butts kicked by the authority. The authority is Roman's number one enemy at that point. Does Roman come out? No. Uh, or other times where other faces are getting beat up, or even Roman's getting beat up, and none of the faces come out to help him. Uh, last week on Raw is a perfect example. We know that Seth and Dean are both there. We know that other faces are there. Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar are attacking Roman Reigns with mace, and nobody even comes out to help him. So, this is what we, we don't know how to handle this collectively because it's logical that their buddy is getting screwed over here. Uh, he just won a match, and Braun Strowman is, is trying to take his, take his title. Uh, kick, came up from behind him and kicked him before he even handed the briefcase in, just like Sheamus did in 2015? Would that have been? 2016? Nope, 2015. Just like Sheamus did in 2015. Came up from behind him with Brogue Kick. That's exactly what Brock, uh, Braun Strowman did. So it's only logical that his buddies, also good guys, would come to save him from that and help him avoid that fate. Uh, so I love it. I, I think that the, what the main roster writers have done on Raw and SmackDown, but this week I'm focusing on Raw, has shown us what they can do when they are freed up to have their top storylines and their top guys and their top belts all in the picture at once. When all of these guys can actually go for the top belt on their flagship show and when that top prize is there and, and protected and the briefcase is in circulation and we've got just in two nights we saw five of the top guys in the company, six, six of the top guys in the company involved in the storyline surrounding um, that Universal Championship. And that hasn't been the case. We had Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar, and Braun Strowman all mixed into the title picture in some way or another. And that frees up other people to do other things. Yes, Seth is also the Intercontinental Champion. But Seth... At this point, depending on what, what direction they go forward, Seth could drop that to somebody like an Apollo Crews or an Elias Sampson or the list goes on and on of guys down that way, even a Baron Corbin. Have Baron Corbin put himself in a match against Seth Rollins to kind of punish him and and stack the odds against him. Baron Corbin becomes inter Intercontinental Champion to get it to somebody else. The options are endless. And, and we really get to see what these Raw writers can actually do when they're not handcuffed by an absentee Universal Champion. So, those are my thoughts on the week. And uh, feel free to let me know how you feel. Drop, drop me a five-star review on iTunes if you don't mind. And I appreciate you listening. Have a good one.